Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. I was almost a little early with the applause on that one. Yep, I saw your hand like go like. <laughs> I, I twitched. It. Wait, not yet. Uh, welcome huh. to Whiskey and Wonder, guys. Hi, guys. It's been a hot minute because I hurted myself. Yes, it's been two weeks. I'm very um, sad. Yeah, it's been uh, two weeks since we last recorded. And got back to you. Uh, apologies for that. I blame yes. her. It is my fault. I pinched my thoracic nerve and gave myself a scapula wing. I winged my scapula, something like that. I hurt myself pretty bad. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It was not very comfortable, no. Yeah. Um, well, we're glad you're doing all right. I hope uh, I know just from talking to you earlier that you're better, but not completely better so yeah getting there getting there hopefully you uh get completely better soon yes uh by the way i'm megan i'm tyler and this is a podcast where we review uh whiskey and teach the other person something interesting oh yeah and i think i've got a good topic today i am excited i i have my next few topics like lined up i'm just trying to decide what order to do oh yeah yeah you might want to take a couple consecutive weeks then (laughs) If you want me to, I can. I, I might need you to, actually. Uh, okay. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, life's getting in the way, guys. It's fun. It's real fun. Um, so <laughs> as we said, we're Whiskey and Wonder. If you're on YouTube, you can see all our contact info on the screens. If not, you can find it down in the show notes. Check us out, whiskeyandwonder.com, Instagram at Whiskey Podcast, YouTube, we are Whiskey and Wonder. Everything else, show notes, yep. or on the screen. Yep, yep. And so, oh my Lord, do you, are you getting a whiff of that? No. Okay. My Navy is not here today and my dog is here and my dog has just stank up the room. All uh, I smell right now is garlic from my oh, breath. I, I smell something <laughs> from his butthole. Gross. I'll take <laughs> yeah. my garlic breath. Yeah. Uh, I made, I made some more puckles, but I made them too garlicky. Way too garlicky. Like way too garlicky. I, I tried. I did eat. Almost an entire jar minus two pickles, though, or puckles. So, um, yeah, so uh, I'll keep trying it, my pickle recipe. Um, so, a couple of announcements as always. If you want some stickers or glasses, uh, we have those in on our website under the shop tab. Um, we do have Patreon. We are uh, patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. And hopefully, Hopefully we will have some t-shirts for you guys by next week. I know we said that last episode and that was two weeks ago, but the person that was in charge of the t-shirts is kind of been <laughs> broken. So, I heard it myself. So oh. we'll, I'm giving her a pass. All right. I will have t-shirts for you guys next episode. Um. Yeah. So this, it seems like, man, we've only been going for three minutes and we're ready to jump into the opening the bottle. Um, okay. But before we do that. Thank you guys for the donations and support. Yes, thank you, especially the support as we've missed a couple weeks here and there. Um, it's so huge that you guys still follow us and trust us even when life gets in the way. Yeah, we try to get these out every week for you guys, and just sometimes it's, life it's happens. not possible. Yeah, we're a um, two-man team, two-person team. And sometimes shit goes wrong. Yeah, sometimes we just don't quite have enough time to do the research and do every all our responsibilities in life. Um, I'd also like to take a quick moment uh, to say 
In addition to Megan just recently getting a new job, I've taken a promotion as well. So yeah, look at us, look at us both getting promotions. On moving on up in the world here. So now we just need someone to sponsor our podcast. Yeah, other than... <laughs> <laughs> so we got... Um, uh, I'm not going to say their name. I don't want to give them free ad, but the name is hilarious. Anyway, we got solicited on Instagram this week by a company wanting to sell a male grooming device. And essentially the deal that they tried to propose to us was that instead of us paying $170 or maybe it was $180 Something for, stupid. for this device and it's like corresponding vacuum, uh, we would pay $60 and we would review it and talk about it on our show and they would put our logo on their Instagram page. <laughs> oh, wrong button. Nope, still wrong button. <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what they were met with. Uh, we need a little, like, I'm not going to pay for that product just to, that sounds yeah. a little one-sided there. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying their name. I'm not giving them any free advertising. No, but it was a very funny name. It was. It was and hilarious. If they decide to sponsor us without us having to buy it, buy it, then yeah, hey, we we'll talk. we'll yeah. talk. We'll, but other than that, now nah, fuck you guys. Um, and you know who you are. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, let's hop on in. Opening the bottle. All right, guys, we are doing another scotch. This is the famous Grouse Blended Malt Whiskey. Simply. I started to sniff it and I had to catch myself. <laughs> like, that's why I stopped looking. I looked I, or stopped talking. I saw him like bring it up to his nose and I was like, motherfucker. No, I stopped. I didn't smell it. <laughs> that's what it looks like if you're on YouTube. This was actually um, suggested by... Uh, my friend in real life, Glenn, uh, I don't think ha Megan has met, and he Maybe actually not. recommended the Smoky, but with our history of PT and whatnot, Scots, I decided to get just the regular. <laughs> also, one new thing is we got um, Glenn Claren glasses to sample out of, which is the official whiskey tasting glass. <laughs> my dog is all um, in my lap trying to get some of this. Anyway, uh, so, sorry. Um, the famous grouse is obviously blended in Scotland because it is a scotch. And it has it claims that it has been Scotland's favorite whiskey for over 40 years. And I have seen that in multiple places rather than just on their website. Um, so maybe it is the most famous scotch in Scotland uh, those of you guys who listen to us that are, are from Scotland, uh, let us know if that is true or not. It is found. It was founded in 1800 with the simple vision to create the best quality blended whiskey, and we are now known across the globe for just that. The same obsession with quality remains from our founders' days, but the famous story of our grouse continues onwards with so many more stories to tell and whiskeys to blend. So, um, from reading their history, it they don't have like a super fascinating, interesting tale. It's just kind of like a 
basic Scottish history. They made a distillery. They made scotch. Woohoo! The end. Anyway, um, we have had some really bad luck with scotches on this podcast. And some really good ones. And we have had some really good luck. So I am very curious to know if this is where this is going to fall on our roster of good versus not good. This is, so. yeah, the color on this is very, that's something I've, I've been reading about what you're supposed to look for. And color and viscosity are two things. And the clarity. Oh, well. Um, it, it's very clear. The color yeah, is I a very, it's uh, it's like a pale amber. It's not quite amber. It's a little, little bit lighter than that. It's like a topaz. I would call it topaz. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what topaz was. You're I, mean, a I know ge- what topaz is, but I don't know what color it is off the top of my head. You're a geologist and you don't know what topaz is. Shame on you. It's November's birthstone. That's the only reason why I know what it is. Uh, I know January's garnet and April's diamond, and that's it. Um, you also, the viscosity is the, the one I'm mainly interested in. And I will read this uh, little excerpt for you guys. Um, Observing the legs or tears of a whiskey and the slowness with which they fall enable you to assess its alcohol content. In fact, these legs are the result of the difference in surface tension between the alcohol and the water contained in the whiskey. As the surface tension is lower in alcohol than water, the higher alcohol content of the whiskey, the more legs there will be and the slower they will form and fall. In the same way, the more fatty acids the whiskey contains, the thicker the legs will be. In addition, the longer the whiskey was aged in cask, the more they will tend to separate and space out. What in the fuck is a leg? So when you <laughs> swirl it, you see how there's like this little line. Oh, like the and it's like the droplet the, type thing where the water is yeah, hit. Yeah. yeah, where it runs down. Um, and the legs on this seem to be very thin and uh, fairly numerous, I would say. It's like legs with wine. Same thing. Same principle. I also don't know what that is. I am not a sophisticated person. Me neither. I read it this week. Oh, well. today When I I got these glasses. Today I learned, and I guess you learned too, but yeah, it's definitely forming lots of legs, I guess. Um, And it's 40% alcohol by volume. So uh, what, what did that say? The... Excuse me. The uh, legs are resulting in the more legs, uh, the higher the alcohol content, the more legs there will be. So, well, this isn't a very high alcohol content, but there's a lot of fucking legs. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. All right, so Um, let's. I'm gonna start smelling. I thought you already had, so I'm gonna continue to swirl my glass and fill the air. Oh, that smells... Uh-oh. I, I can't put my finger on what it smells like. Okay. Uh, well, as you continue to smell it, I'm going to look at these legs, and I'm trying to like figure out what leg is going to reach the liquid first. You ever do that as a kid when it was raining on the window? No. And... You liar. I did not. You never watched like rain droplets on the window and like I would watch race? them. I, no, I would like... Like, watch them combine, mm. but never, like, race. Wow. Okay. I missed out, I guess. You did. That's like a road trip in the car in a rainstorm 
thing. Oh man, I can't put my finger on this. I got a little bit of burn my nose hairs, but not much, and toffee. Definitely I, toffee. That's I, why I, I, I couldn't put my finger on what that smell was, but I'll, all I'm getting is toffee and a little bit of spice. So I I smell Kahlua. I've never had Kahlua. Never had Kahlua? Oh, nope. Kahlua's so good. Uh, it, so it's probably a, I guess I'm smelling like a coffee. A coffee with a toffee. Yeah, it, it smells buttery. I think that's the, the toffee is kind of buttery for me. Um, definitely burn your nose hairs, maybe a little like sour burn your nose hairs. Um, not exactly a, like a spice that I feel like I'm going to like sneeze with. I don't know. Very curious. Um, I'm going to say that I am smelling toffee, coffee, and burn your nose hairs spice of some sort. Maybe a... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and my final ones are going to be uh, toffee and something sweet like butter or cream, uh, as well as a little bit of spice. Like I said, just a slight burn your nose hairs. I think I might have stuck my nose in a little too far on that one. Um, so we, we are supposed, supposed to, to be smelling malt, grain, citrus candy, and butterscotch. With orchard fruit and charred toasted undertones and a sour punch. Okay, so I definitely get the charred and toasted and the butterscotch. That's yeah. what I was calling toffee. Yeah. I'm not getting any fruit. No, no fruit. No no sour punch either. Unless the burn your nose hairs is like sour-y, which I guess could be. I mean, it kind of smells soury, I guess. I, I guess the buttery smell that I'm getting is a little sour. I guess cream is kind of has that little bit of a sour smell to it. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to let you dive into the first sip. I'm going to fill the dead air here by just talking. Megan's hair has gotten so long. I can see it in the camera. She made a very like hmm hmm perplexing face. I upon initial taste, I like it, but it's very mild compared to what I'm used to in a scotch. Maybe I should have brushed my teeth after I ate an entire jar of puckles because I had so much garlic because Tyler went a little heavy handed on the garlic in his brine um but that first sip that I had was very very bland almost it it kind of went down like a Bernie a Bernie water I'm gonna have to definitely take some more sips before I figure out what this actually tastes like to me Let let me take some water and try to rinse my mouth out I just took two sips and uh, the best way I could describe this is sugar and spice and something not really nice. <laughs> um, something, and I, I don't mean it to be badly. That was just the only thing I could think of that rhymed with spice. Um, 
I would say something that's sour note. I can taste that sour note in there. And it, it, oh man, it just doesn't blend with the sugar and spice. This, that it's not smoky. It's not earthy. It's just a little tart. Bland. Uh, it's not bland to me. I definitely get the, get different flavors. I mean, it's not very, I don't know. It's not very alcoholy. Like there's not a burn to it for me. Um, I definitely get the sweetness. Um, I get a little bit of spice, but nothing that's going to make me write home to mom about. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the sweet is lingering in the back of my yeah. throat with a small amount of spice. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm getting that sour, though, that that tart, sour taste. Mm-hmm. Well. Sorry for the dead air. We're sorry, both drinking, we're both at, the drinking at the same time. Yeah. Um, Maybe, I'll, okay, if I really, like, focus, I get a little bit of tart, but I have to let it sit on my tongue and kind of, like, swish yeah. back and forth. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. I, I've actually read about people, quote, unquote, chew the whiskey. What? Like, not like, but like you <laughs> kind of swish it around your whole mouth so you can get all the flavors of it. But I, you know, what do I know? I've only been doing this for 30 episodes now. By the way, guys, we're on episode 30. I don't think we said that at the beginning. Oh, hey. Oh, okay. I just swished it around like Listerine. And? And it's way more spicy after I did that. Oh, I'm going to pass on that then. <laughs> I do not like overly spicy. I can, I, after 30 episodes in, I'm going to say I do not like overly spicy whiskey. Uh, definitely swishing it around made it burn a lot more than it was doing before. So did not like that. Um, I did get maybe a little bit of like, a. do you remember when we were younger, Altoids, Altoids came out yeah. with the sour, like tangerine candy. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh my god! Okay, the only Altoids I ever have are the peppermint ones that would like burn your nose hairs from your mouth. All right. Well, for there were Altoids that came in a little metal tin, and they had like three flavors, and they were all like sour fruit flavors. And the best one was the sour tangerine. Okay. And after I swished it around like Listerine, I got sour tangerine. That brought me back to that Altoid. Interesting. And I would pay money to have those Altoids come back because they were so good. Oh, like I would, I would, Altoids, if you're listening, like make that a thing. There's plenty of millennials that will make it worth your while. Make Megan the face of sour Altoids. Hey, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> I switched it around and, oh, excuse me. I definitely, it was more burn at the end, but it wasn't overpowering like I expected based off the way you were talking about it. But I did get more of a vanilla-y flavor. So what are we supposed to be tasting? Now I just got that tangerine. Man, I want those Altoids. Mm. We are supposed to be tasting uh, grain whiskey is the backbone of the palate with appendages of malt, orchard fruit, char, Dark sweets and citrus candy. Um, you got the citrus candy. Yeah. I don't, I, what is a dark sweet? Is that like chocolate? Yeah, I think that's like chocolate. I don't get any chocolate. I'm not really getting any char. 
I guess orchard fruit could be combined with the citrus candy. Um, That's interesting. Strange. I, I, I taste the sweet. That's more of what I'm yeah. tasting out of it. Maybe it's because I've been trying to limit my sugar intake and my body is very honing in. <laughs> sugar. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, sugar. Yeah. Let's make <laughs> this happen. You have more. a sweet tooth, don't you? Oh, no. I have multiple. Oh, well. It's that bad. Uh, <laughs> we The finish is supposed to be medium with notes of hay-like malt, char, sweetness, and a bit of fruit. Easily the best part of this whiskey. I would agree. The definitely. Finish, is, finish is good. Yeah, yeah it's, definitely. It, it is it's definitely good, medium it's finish. It's sweet. Um, like, I like the finish. I, I think I would like to try malt, just flat out malt. Um, and whatnot. I, I would like to sample this, which actually kind of leads me in to our topic today. So Ooh, on okay. that note. It's time for the wonder segment. All, All right. right. What are you teaching me today, Tyler? <laughs> Jinx. Oh, man. Well, we are Whiskey and Wonder. We are episode 30. We are. This is episode 30. Uh, and we have not done one about whiskey. So I am going <laughs> to teach us all about whiskey. I mean, that's kind of meta, don't you think? Yeah, why not? Okay. I mean, I don't have another topic, so we're going to have to roll with it. <laughs> all right. Uh, man, okay. Yeah, I mean this. This, I mean, we. I, I did a little small blurb on our website and learned a lot about it just doing that. And I dove a little bit deeper uh, last week, actually. But um, all right, so let's talk about a quick history. Okay, of cool. Whiskey. I know nothing about whiskey other than it tastes good. Okay, usually, sometimes. Um, so many historians actually argue that the art of distillation began in ancient Mesopotamia around 2000 BC as a way to produce perfumes. However, the first written record of distillation was found to be from 100 BCE. Alexander of Aphrodisias described the process of distilling seawater into pure drinking water. Interesting. So, distillation actually spread to Europe around the 13th century, where Italians began distilling alcohol from wine, calling it aguavite, or life water because it was used by monasteries to treat diseases like smallpox. Hey. If only we still treated disease with alcohol and modern medicine, but alcohol too. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I would rather I guess, get some antibiotics and live than get drunk and die. I guess we still kind of do treat. A lot of people drink for depression and stuff, so. That is not, it's no, not no, no. It's not the right thing to not do, but recommended. people do it. Whoa, uh, no, let's. I'm not saying do it. I'm saying people do it. Let's put on the brakes. Do anyway. not drink to fill any void inside yourself. It works for me. Anyway. Oh, my God. Problem <laughs> drinking helpline is in the bottom in I'm, our show notes. I'm joking. It's a joke. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Historians know that by the 15th century, distillation of alcohol had spread to Scotland and Ireland. Um, by this point, in the, uh, the process of distillation was still relatively new, and alcohol was not really allowed to age, which meant that it was, very, it was much harsher than what we drink today. Like, think moonshine. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. Um, in fifteen, in the, by the fifteen hundreds, distillation was no longer a religious medicinal practice. King Henry the Eighth of England dissolved monasteries and essentially laid off all the monks and priests who worked there. 
who turned to distillation to make a living. In addition, uh, barber surgeons back in the day began distilling whiskey for their own med- medical practices, and by 1608, the old Bush Mills Distillery in Northern Ireland was granted a license to produce whiskey. The old Bush Mills Distillery is the oldest licensed distillery in the world to this day. And it, it's still running, I guess, right? Yeah, you got Saw it at the ABC store the other day. Oh, well, cool. For those that don't live in North Carolina, we have a specific store you have to go to run by the state to buy liquor. Welcome oh. to the Bible Belt. It sucks. Yeah, I can't disagree on that one. Bo, get the hell out of here, dude. He is like all in my lap, this show. Um, as North and South America were settled, you, you know, obviously Europeans brought with them distillation and whiskey. Uh, In the American colonies, especially during the Revolutionary War, whiskey had such a value to the population that it was often used as currency. Due to the vast distances that Americans had to travel, distillers found it easier and more profitable to use corn as the grain versus other cereal grains. In 1783, Evan Williams founded the first commercial distillery in America, located in Louisville, Kentucky. I mentioned how important whiskey had become to the general population earlier, so let's talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. In 1791, the newly formed American government decided to tax whiskey in order to help pay off its debt from it, the Revolutionary War. This didn't really sit well with citizens, and it actually resulted in the Whiskey Rebellion. Did you study that at all in school? Uh, question mark? I mean, I took U.S. history, so probably, but... That entire time of my life is kind of a blur. That is one of the few things I remember from my U.S. history class. Um, I don't remember what happened until I looked it up, but I do remember the name. Angry Pennsylvania farmers refused to pay the tax on the whiskeys that they were distilling, and that caused George Washington to gather 1,300 militiamen and suppress the insurgency. I thought this was an interesting play out of this um, event. All the farmers actually went home before Washington arrived, which resulted in no actual confrontation, but it did set a precedent that the national government had the means and the will to uphold its laws. Although there were no more physical rebellions, Americans still, Americans still hated the tax, and, and when Thomas Jefferson ran for president in 1801, part of his campaign was a promise to repeal the whiskey tax and he did just that when he took office. The first and last politician to fulfill a promise. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh. Sorry. That was nice. That's my, uh, that's my middle finger to politics and to the government more than politics. Abe Lincoln was a good president. I, he, he, he was... Good and bad, depending on which issue. Um, I definitely think he did good things by abolishing slavery and whatnot, but there were other things he, I think he failed at. Maybe that, maybe he's worth the topic one day himself. Oh, I'm sure he is. There's, we could probably do topics on. We could probably do every president. All of them. Yeah. There's a couple that could probably be skipped over. They were they're pretty. <laughs> they just did nothing. Honestly, uh. <laughs> um, America wasn't the only country that t- tried to tax whiskey uh, only to receive pushback from its citizens. 
Shortly after the Acts of Unions, which created the United Kingdom, whiskey production was almost completely shut down in Scotland. In 1725, the English malt tax caused the shutdown of most distilleries in Scotland, which resulted in many distillers going underground. We almost lost, lost scotch. Almost. But did we? I mean, obviously not. These We're unlawful... Do what? We obviously didn't. We're, we we have scotch right now. So. Uh, these unlawful operations typically occurred at night, resulting in the term moonshine. I see what they did there. The moonshine... Whiskey was hidden in coffins, altars, and any other space they could find that would allow distillers to avoid the taxes. I want some coffin moonshine. That sounds badass. <laughs> well, t- I'm not going to say we'll talk after the show, but I do have an idea about something that I do want to talk to you about after the show. Fuck yeah. In 1823. <laughs> Sorry, shut up. No, you're fine. In 1823, the UK finally allowed Scottish distillers Scottish distilleries to uh, the option to pay a fee to legalize their operations. So essentially they repealed the tax. Uh, throughout the rest of the 1800s, new methods and technologies such as the coffee still were developed, which allowed whiskey to be distilled cheaper and more efficiently. Blended whiskey came into production in 1850 when Andrew Usher mixed traditional pot still whiskey with a new batch that had been produced in a coffee still. Um, As we've talked about on here before, man, I got to stop saying um before I start a sentence. That's driving me crazy. Uh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not do that on purpose. We've mentioned the prohibition period before, but during that time, America outlawed all production, sale, and use of alcohol unless it was prescribed by a doctor and sold through a pharmacy. Similar to Scotland, citizens took to underground operations and created an opportunity for organized crime to form and take advantage of, again, our old friends, supply and demand. And I have one last little note on the history here. In 1964, America's Congress declared bourbon as the nation's official distilled spirit and laid out very strict requirements that must be met in, uh, yeah, very strict requirements that must be met in order to label a whiskey as a bourbon. All right, folks. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap this up at about 30 minutes today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I hope you're kidding. <laughs> no, I've got more on whiskey. Okay. Like, um, well, bye. Yep. Uh, so we're going to, damn it, I said it again. So we're going to talk about the different types of whiskeys. And as I mentioned earlier, I wrote up a quick summary on the website. You can check it out. It's uh, just the regular whiskey page. But let's talk a little bit about them here. So, I touched on bourbon. Bourbon whiskey is made in the U.S. and A. It's typically a sweeter whiskey. As I mentioned, there's... Yes, Megan? (laughs) Does it have to be distilled in the U.S.A. like scotch has to be distilled in Scotland? Yes. Okay. U.S. and A. Okay. Sorry. We'll make sure. You're fine. It does have to be distilled in the U.S. and A. Um, Certain... Bourbons like Tennessee whiskey has to be distilled in Tennessee. Kentucky bourbon has to be distilled in Kentucky, so on and so forth. It's just a bunch of, this is our style and we want to do it this way. It can only be done here (laughs) kind of mindset. (laughs) That was very pretty. That's my Jimmy voice. I love love the Jimmy voice. Um, All right, so 
There are strict requirements to be considered a bourbon. The grain must be at least 51% corn. It must be aged in new charred oak barrels and made in America. In addition, the finished product must be at least 80 proof. So for anybody that doesn't know, proof is simply two times the alcohol by volume. So if a whiskey is 80 proof, it's 40% alcohol by volume. We're drinking We're a, drinking a 80 proof. proof. Or a 40. 40%, 40% by volume. 80 proof. 80 proof scotch. Tennessee whiskey is a subcategory of bourbon that is required to be produced in Tennessee and to be filtered through charcoal prior to aging. So that's a little nugget on bourbon. We'll talk about scotch, what we're drinking today. It's one of the oldest styles of whiskey. Uh, damn it, I said again. Scotch obviously is made in Scotland. Malted barley or grain is distilled twice and must be aged for at least three years. As with bourbon, these requirements are very, very strict. The flavor profile tends to be more earthy than bourbon, but with notes of fruit and caramel. Some distilleries use peat fires for malting the grain, and these whiskeys tend to have a smoky flavor. A.K.A. ashtray. Some, not uh, that one was ashtray, but we've had some others that weren't quite as ashtray. That's true, but man, that one scotch just oh. made me fear Pete. Wolf bird. And the word Pete just makes you go like, oh, things that make you go. <laughs> uh, damn it, I said it again. Rye, rye whiskey also comes from America. But instead of being made with corn, it's primarily made with rye, which is another cereal grain. To be labeled a rye whiskey, it must be made with at least 51% rye. It is made in almost the same process as bourbon, the main difference being the mash composition. Throughout history, rye tended to be more prevalent in the northern states, while bourbon dominated the south. Rye tends to be a little spicier and fruitier than bourbon. And I have a side note here. Uh, Canadian whiskey is often labeled as rye, regardless of its composition, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. Now, Canadian whiskeys. <laughs> you like how I did that there? I like that. That was very clever. Canadian whiskeys are commonly blended through multi-grain liquors that are mainly corn spirits. At some point throughout history, Canadian distillers began adding, began adding small amounts of rye to the mash, and this became a very popular mix resulting in many Canadian whiskeys being called rye whiskey. They're lying. Yes. Yes, they are, Forrest. Lying liars. Yes, they are, Forrest. Despite this, <laughs> Canadian whiskeys are typically smoother than other whiskeys. Um, in order to be considered a Canadian whiskey, the spirit must be aged in small wooden barrels for three years and, as you would guess, made in Mexico. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, it has to be made in Canada. If you fell for that. Um, God damn it, stop saying um. You're That's, just making it worse. I know. You're pointing it out to everyone I'm, listening. I know. Japanese. Japanese whiskey is modeled after Scotch whiskey. Mm, so Typically, good. yes, Megan's favorite. <laughs> Although I'm tending to lean that she likes bourbon pretty well, too. I do, but man, Japanese whiskey has a place in my heart. Typically made from malted or peated barley, which is then double distilled and aged in wooden barrels, just like scotch. 
Japanese whiskeys tend to have similar earthy and peaty flavors that scotch does. It's actually very difficult to get Japanese whiskey in the U.S. because only two distilleries, Suntory and Nika, Nika, uh, are the only two distilleries that actually export whiskey here. And we've actually done a Suntory whiskey. We have. That one almost won Whiskey of the Year. It was second place. And did we do a... We did another Japanese did whiskey another from Japanese Flaviar. From Fla- yeah, I'm trying to um, get to what that was. I don't think it was a Suntory. It was Ohishi. So maybe it was a sherry cask. Maybe that's a in episode Nika. 25. Interesting. Um, get back to my notes here. Last but not least, as far as styles. We have Irish whiskey, and as you might guess from, you know, the pattern here, they're made in Ireland. 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 It's another one of the oldest styles in the world, typically made from triple distilling malted and unmalted barley and other cereal grains. Then aged for at least three years, Irish whiskeys tend to have notes of fruit, grain, oak, and caramel. Irish whiskeys can be single malt or blended. Now, let's talk a little bit about what a single malt is versus a blended whiskey. Single malt simply means that the whiskey is a product of one distillery made from malted barley. So, basically, the from start to finish, it was made by one distillery. It could be... There are single... I believe there are single malt blends because it's made entirely from one distillery. A distillery may make three different whiskeys and blend them all together to make one that they sell. Um, And, you know, that leads us to blended whiskeys, which, you know, exactly what I just said, two or more whiskeys blended together to make a final product whiskey. So... Again, you can see most of that on our website, uh, minus that history bit at the beginning. And so I've mentioned a lot of terms here, like malt and malting, mash, mashing, and so on and so forth. So we're going to actually go through the process of making whiskey. Oh. Now, before anybody decides they want to jump into this and do this at their house, it is highly illegal in America to make your own whiskey. Really? Yes. It is a federal offense. How did distilleries get started? Uh, you have to pay you have to pay a lot in taxes and have special permits and all this stuff. You can't make it like you can homebrew beer and wine. Yeah. You can't do even if you don't plan on selling it. Well, that's dumb. It's not because it's you're combining alcohol, which is very flammable, with heat and oxygen and another alcohol that can make you go blind. And we'll we'll talk a lot about that as we get on into this process. Okay. Either way, I think it's dumb. I agree. I want to try making my own, but it's illegal. Which means we won't ever do it. Yes. Uncle Sam, we will never do this because you're dumb. Anyway, (laughs) so let's talk about malting. 
All whiskeys start as some type of raw cereal grain. Cereal grain is any grass that is grown for the edible components of its grain. The main cereal grains used in whiskey are barley, rye, corn, and wheat. Barley must be treated through malting in order in order to access its sugars. So malting is the process of cleaning and soaking the grain, then allowing it to germinate, which is essentially begin sprouting, and then to heat it up to stop the germination, which converts the barley's starches into sugars. Before fermentation, the sugars in the grain must be extracted. So this is done by grinding the grain into small pieces and combining them in a large tub with hot water and a small amount of malted barley to help accelerate the reaction. It kind of looks like porridge, and it's agitated in some form until as much of the sugar as has been... It's agitated until... The, as much sugar as possible has been extracted. Golly, I did not write that sentence very well. I had mm-hmm. to, I confused myself. The mixture at this point is called mash, and if it has been strained to remove the solids, it's called wort. Wort? W-O-R-T. Okay, W-O-R-T. Now it's ready for uh, fermentation. Fermentation uh, is when yeast is added to the mash, which le- uh, feeds on the sugars that's produced in, you know, we produced earlier in the process. The sugars in the liquid, it converts into alcohol. This process can take 48 to 96 hours, depending on the strain of yeast. Different yeast strains also offer different flavors. The resulting liquid looks similar to beer and is often called Distiller's beer. So, the next step is distillation, which I've mentioned several times today, but I haven't really defined distillation, so let's talk about it. I gave a very brief example at the beginning. Distillation is the process of separating the components of a liquid mixture through selective boiling and condensation. Back to that example I gave, it's fairly easy, is... Turning salt water into drinkable water. Basic distillation setup will heat the salt water until it boils, causing the water molecules to change from a liquid state to a gas state. As we all hopefully know from boiling a pot of water, the water vapor rises and is forced into a tube where it cools. As it cools, it condenses back into liquid water, free of the salt, which is left in the original container. And you want the pipe, to drip down into a separate in a separate container and you can have clean water. Same basic principle is applied to a fermented mash of grain, water, and yeast instead of salt water. The result is purified alcohol that is then aged. Distillation increases alcohol content and removes volatile components. There are typically two types of stills used. The first is called a pot still, which I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but scotch whiskey is, I believe, has to be made in a pot, a copper pot still. 
Pot stills are used in almost all malt whiskeys and are typically made of copper, which helps remove unwanted flavors and aromas. This type of still produces batches of whiskey at a time. Some whiskey styles use double distillation and even triple distillation, as mentioned earlier. The distiller's beer that we talked about is poured into the first of two stills, the low wine still, where it's heated up. Alcohol boils at a lower temperature than water, and because of that, the alcohol evaporates out of the liquid and rises into the neck and line arm where it cools and condenses back into a liquid form. This liquid is typically around 20% ABV. This process repeated is repeated in the second still, known as the spirit still, and the result is 60-70% to 70% ABV. The distiller then removes the beginning and end of each batch, known as the heads and tails respectively. The heads and tails have unwanted flavors and aromas and can contain methanol, which is what will cause you to go blind. If oh consumed. yeah, that's kind of a serious chemical. Yeah. The middle of the batch, known as the heart, is pure ethanol, which is the alcohol that we humans love to consume and put in our gas tanks. <laughs> The heart is then sent off to be stored in barrels. Uh, so, like, the heart is ethanol. Does that... Oh, it's stored in barrels. What for? Why are why we... Are we'll we... get there. Oh, okay. Jumping ahead, I see. Yep. All right. So, we're going to actually talk about the other type of still that is used, which is more common when you think about moonshiners. It's a column still or a coffee still. Yeah. I know what that looks like. These stills are typically used to produce bourbon, rye, and other grain whiskeys. Coffee stills are more efficient and work continuously instead of in a batch. The distiller's beer is added into a column at the top, and as it works its way down, or it works its way down, passing through a series of perforated plates. At the same time, hot steam is rising from the bottom of the still, interacting with the beer as it flows downward. This separates the unwanted substances and pushes the alcohol vapors upward until they hit a plate. The plate causes the alcohol vapors to condense to condense and remove heavier substances such as methanol, increasing the overall ethanol content. Coffee stills can be used to produce spirits up to 95% ABV. The alcohol vapor is eventually directed towards a condenser where it returns to liquid form and is collected. So, you asked about barrels. Most whiskeys are aged in oak barrels. Why aging? Because it's flavorless for the most part. You ever had uh, moonshine, like actual white lightning unflavored moonshine? No. It has a flavor that's hard to describe. Uh, you can see Bo in Megan's picture there just being a ham and stealing the show. <laughs> um, Sorry, that would that no. made my day. <laughs> You're good. I love him. Anyway, um, is it like rubbing alcohol? That's what mm, I would assume it tasted like. No, it tastes... It's been so long since I had it. It's Almost like it's got a very, very, very slight 
vanilla flavor, but it just kind of burns. Yeah. No, it's, thank you. Yeah, it's like pure ethanol, basically. Ugh. No, um, thank you. At least from the way I understood it. So, this moonshine is uh, put aged in oak barrels. Corn whiskey is an exception, as it does not need to be aged at all. Remember, there's strict guidelines on what can be labeled a bourbon, so corn whiskey can exist without being aged in barrels. Bourbon is required to be aged in new charred barrels. You can make corn whiskey by just not aging it. Hmm. As mentioned earlier, only bourbon and bourbons and rye must be aged in new charred oak barrels. Other types of spirits do not require new barrels, which basically means they can be aged in barrels previously used for other whiskeys, wines, sherries, as we had with that Japanese whiskey, and many other uses. That can add all sorts of flavors and subtle, you know, flavors and aromas to the whiskey. Depending on the style and the quality of the whiskey being created will determine how long the whiskey is aged in the barrel. While aging, I thought this was really cool. While aging, a small amount of whiskey evaporates and fills the room with uh, an amazing smell. This is known as the angel's share. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That is really cool. Um, it's... The Glenlivet we had mm-hmm. was aged 15 years. Yeah. That's going to be higher quality than something aged two years. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. So Aged like a fine wine. Exactly. Uh, so more flavors, more subtle aromas, that sort of thing. Once the whiskey has aged to its desired maturity, it can be bottled and sold. It's required to meet a minimum of 40% ABV, and in addition, it may be filtered in order to prevent it from becoming cloudy when cold water or ice is added. If only one barrel is bottled at a time, it's labeled as a single cask or single barrel. We've had some of those. Yes, we have. So that is what I have about the process of whiskey, the history, and the different types. Okay. I have a question, and you might not know the answer. Okay. Why would whiskey turn cloudy when it is added to ice or water water or whatever? Do you you have that answer? I actually, going back to this website, I was reading about the viscosity earlier, and I mentioned the clarity. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It touches on it a little bit here. Sorry, I didn't mean to no, throw off your groove. You're but fine. That, no, I was done. Um, that's fascinating. The clarity and thus the use or not of chill filtration. In fact, if it has not been chill filtered, a whiskey of less than 46% ABV will tend to become cloudy below a certain temperature or when you add water to it. This opacity has no bearing on the quality of the whiskey. It is not a defect, but is rather due to the, due to the fact that certain compounds are soluble only above 46% ABV. On the other hand, chill filtration has an effect on the aromatic profile of whiskey, causing it to lose fatty acids, proteins, and esters, and thus be to be deprived of richness and complexity. 
This practice can reduce the quality of an exceptional whiskey, just as it can clean a whiskey with less balance or even slight defects. So, does that answer your question? Yes, I think so. Thank you. You are welcome. Interesting. I just happened to have that right there. Interesting. So, that is my little infomercial on whiskey. I mean, I learned a lot. I mean, going into this episode, I knew that whiskey tastes good and that it goes into barrels and that sometimes it's in Scotland and sometimes it's other places. <laughs> that's that's what I knew. <laughs> so I learned a lot. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I hope everybody learned a lot. And if I can pull my thingy up, my schedule... <laughs> Ah, that sounds so wrong. Ah, Megan has lost it over there. Oh, Um, fuck, that broke me. Sorry. (laughs) I'm back. All right, let's let's hop in here. Trivia with Tyler. All right. Sorry, I was reading a text message Megan sent me earlier. <laughs> I have no way of... Uh, I guess I can check that, yeah. Well, don't worry um, about it right yeah. now. Uh, so, trivia with Tyler this week. So, this is... Uh, I, I like this one. I thought it was a good one. The FBI and the CIA recruit heavily from the Mormon population. Because they're usually cheaper to do a security clearance on, they often speak another language from their mission trips, and they usually have a low-risk lifestyle. Kind of checks all the boxes. Wow. Holy shit. That's smart. That is super smart. I would never, ever in a million years have guessed that. Yeah, me neither. I I thought it was really fascinating when I saw it. Wow. All right. You go, Mormons. Yeah. Uh, There's a chance that... If you're ever in touch with an FBI agent or a CIA agent, they may be Mormon. I wouldn't recommend asking them flat out. That might be kind of rude. I have no filter, so... Tyler will ask for you. Mail time. So, we don't have any mail this week, guys. (laughs) So enjoy our drop and the end. Mail time. I'm going to play this to fill this time slot. (laughs) Just over (laughs) and over and over and over. 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 (laughs) So you guys will email us. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that, but email us, please. Please. Um, I uh, Especially new listeners. If you don't know me and Tyler. Yeah, shoot us an email. Email us. We want to know you. Yeah. We want to love you. We want to build this into, uh, you know, at least a dialogue. Yeah. You know, community dialogue, whiskey people. Please. And one more time. Mail time. Right, stop. <laughs> I hope that I can stop that. Uh, I don't know. If it stopped I don't, I don't, in my headset. Yeah, it stopped in the headset. I don't know if I don't it stopped, know if it for, stopped you guys. for real. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, actually, we will go on to... Final thoughts. 
go on to our final thoughts. Uh, you'd think I'd have the 30 episodes in, I'd have the freaking sound effects board memorized by now. Nah. I, Tyler, hold your thing up to the camera. I feel like we have about the same amount still in our glass. I was looking at that uh, while I was doing trivia with Tyler. Yes, I, I would say I have a slightly little bit more. Just I, Yeah, I feel like I drank a lot, though. Maybe it's just because of the size of these glasses, like taking each sip. I don't know what a finger is in here. Um, So maybe that is something I need to measure out. But if you don't want to finish it, that's fine. Oh, no, I definitely want to finish it. Well, I just meant you have to drive. I didn't know. Oh, I I don't feel I don't feel anything. All right. Yeah, I I just just, want to make sure I didn't pour you too much. No, normally when you're the wonderer, uh, you don't get a drink as much as I do. So I was just wondering how we have about the same amount. I just made a conscious effort to drink in there. Oh, well. Um, proud of you. Yeah. I, I, I Normally, I don't end up drinking while I'm presenting. So Megan just took a final swallow. and I mean, not really a final same. swallow because I have a oh. lot left. But, I mean, I... This is so middle of the road for me. Like, I really like it. I could sit here and I could drink it and I could drink it. Like, it's not going to, I'm not going to get sick of the flavor. It's not going to be too much. I can shoot this. I could mix this. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted with it. Because I still, I still want to say this is bland. Like, it's not as powerful as other whiskeys that we've had. It's not as powerful as other scotches that we've had. It's very mild, in my opinion, as far as the flavor profile goes for what I expect out of a scotch or out of a whiskey in general. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means, like, it's something I feel like I could... It's something I feel like I could almost chug and not hate myself for it. Interesting. I definitely, uh, I'm not a huge drinker, as I was reminded last night. (laughs) I got wild and crazy, guys. I had about as much as we had in one of these and two beers and proceeded to get sick. Yeah, I am not that big of a drinker anymore. And especially when I mix the two. Oh, God. (laughs) We're getting old, man. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, uh, my, my, uh, let me take another sip. Okay. Um, well, I know several times you mentioned here how much both of us drink and I wouldn't say either of us drink a lot. Um, no. we're definitely nowhere near like an alcoholic level. I go most of the week without having any alcohol. I know you do too. Yeah. I, um, this week was the first time I've had any whiskey apart from the podcast in a long time. I had uh, a little celebratory Cigar and whiskey on the porch um, the other day when I found out I got the job and actually had the Ava Gardner um, bourbon that we tried. Uh, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last I think week. it was the last episode where it was very spicy and I tried it with the, um, so the chilled stones. Mm-hmm. And it did nothing to the spice. So mm. I would try it with an ice ball next time. How was it with a cigar? Uh, it was it was 
the same. It, I, it was good, but it was still very spicy. Um, I I stand by what I said. It's it's not bad at all. It's above average, and the it, it's more for me. I think is more of a prestige piece. Like I'm proud to have it in my whiskey cabinet. I actually went and bought a second bottle of it uh, for a trade. Hopefully, that can be uh, arranged between a friend of mine whose friend owns a distillery out in Montana and is making a trip out here and offered to do, since that was a limited run, whiskey offered to do a one-for-one trade on some of that good old Montana whiskey. So Ted's Montana Grill. Hopefully, that will be in the works soon. Um, man, Tyler, I did you buy this whiskey or was this donated? I bought this whiskey. Can I ask you what the price point was? If you remember, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was the cheapest one I bought. It was okay. less than less than. Oh Ooh. Lord! I hit the <laughs> mic there. It was the um, I would say probably like thirty to forty dollar range. Okay, that's not bad. It's not bad. I. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, it was. Dave Gardner was sixty five. The campfire was seventy five or eighty, and this was this might might have actually been twenty five. Okay, twenty five to forty range, somewhere in there. Okay, I'm a little bit more forgiving than of this whiskey if it is on the cheaper range. Um, because like I said, this is super, super, super middle of the road for me. Um, it's something that if it is a cheaper whiskey, yeah, I'd buy it again. I'd drink it every so often. I do think it's a whiskey I would drink. And I hate to say this because I'm not a drinker, but it's a whiskey I would drink for the effect, not for the taste. This is something that I would get wasted on (laughs) just because I wouldn't care if I can't taste it anymore. Where a lot of the other whiskeys we've done, I want to enjoy the flavor. I don't want to make myself sick on it. This one is so mild that if I had a bad day and I just decided to fuck everyone and everything, I could make myself sick on this and not hate myself for wasting the whiskey. I would still probably hate myself for making myself sick, but I could forgive myself for not savoring the taste. Yeah, I think that's a fair... I I don't want to say I'm necessarily of similar mind, uh, but I kind of am. I guess the way I would word it is this is a mixing whiskey for me. Yeah. This is something I would mix into a cocktail. Yeah. Um, It's good on its own. If I wanted something without much bite, I would go for this. But frankly, and, you know, this is... in. I keep this in mind as well. I mentioned that friend, you know, my friend Glenn, uh, friend Glenn, I don't even know if he listens to the podcast or not. He should. I've told him. I don't know if he listens or not, though. But <laughs> he recommended the Smoky. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, the Pete kind of scared me off of that one. So maybe the Smoky would have been better. But for me, this is, this is a mi- mixing whiskey or something I would go for that had less bite. Uh, it does kind of flavor wise. 
kind of, yeah, middle of the road. I would, the problem with, this is the problem I have saying this is a, something I would go, go for when I, if it, if I wanted something without a bite is that I can take the bite out of other better tasting whiskeys with a yes. little bit of water and with water an and an ice ball or something like that. Yes. So it makes me, it makes me curious as to when this would get pulled out of my whiskey cabinet. Now, in fairness, that being said, and I don't, I'm not trying to toot mine or Megan's horn here, but just because of this podcast and because of you guys and your support and Flaviar and, you know, our specifically mine, because most of the whiskeys that we try end up staying here. Yeah, you a know, whiskey I, cabinet. I, I would say easily three quarters of them end mm-hmm. up staying here. I have the privilege of having all those whiskeys to choose from. And the yeah. sad part is I don't even, you know, like I said, this has been the first week in months that I've actually pulled something out, not for the podcast, um, where I've felt that I've had the time and, and made the time and to do it. Um so, you know, for your, for, for your own situation, if you don't have those choices and want something with less bite, this would be a great option. Yeah. Um, but if you have a whiskey collection, I can't, I can see myself pulling out better tasting whiskeys and just dropping a little, a drop, a couple drops yeah. of water or an ice ball in it to bring, bring out the yeah. spice. This is leave the flavor. This is like you said, it's definitely one I would pull out for mixing. If I was making cocktails for dinner, a dinny, (laughs) I was making cocktails for a dinner party. I would probably grab this whiskey first because again, I don't care if I lose the flavor of the whiskey. Yeah. You don't care. Like if I use this one up, I don't care. Like I'm going to pull this out for a party. Yes. Unless you know how it happens at a party. You know how it happens. You got the host pulls out the the average bottle of booze, the one mm-hmm. that's going to make them look like just good enough. <laughs> and then the like that inner circle at some point in the party is going to be like, "Hey, come here." Yeah, come, let in, me, come in the back room and like, good stuff. Tr- try try a little bit of this. Try a little bit of that, you know? Friend Darren looking at you because you've done this with me and Tyler when yes, we've hung yes, out before. You have. And so this is this is one of those that would go out to to everybody at the party. Yeah. Not the inner circle. Yeah, you know what? Cheers. I'll toast to that. A hundred percent. That this is a community whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like this is a communist whiskey. <laughs> Every everybody get to share. Everyone get this whiskey. one, comrade. You get this, and you get this. A famous grouse. We're all the comrades. Uh, I I will say, <laughs> as far as Scotch goes, though, this is very different from what I expected. Yeah, I I feel like this is one of the sweeter scotches. It that we've almost had. feels like it should be a bourbon with how sweet it is. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, it, it, yeah. Mm. It walks that line for me. Um. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised at that. Yeah. Well, we've been going on and on about what we think about it. What number rating would you say? Or since you have to rinse your mouth out, I'm going to give my number rating. This is middle of the road. 
straight down the middle. This is a five out of 10. Not great. Not bad. Just. Yeah, I. I've been debating. The whole time, basically. Um, I, the number that keeps coming to my mind is about the same. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with a four and a half. I. That's the number that keeps coming to my mind on this one. So. All right. Well, there you have it. Four and a half and a five. Mill the road. Solid choice if you're on a budget. Solid choice if you want something. At a, a party. Little, yeah, at a Give party, out. communal whiskey to to share with folks. And it's also a solid choice if you want something that doesn't have much of a bite to it. But with that being said, if that's your reason, you want something that doesn't have much of a bite, there's plenty of other more flavorful whiskeys that you can reduce the bite on. Yes. So. I don't know. For its price point, maybe it's it's worth it. Yeah, and and like I said, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it fell closer to the twenty five thirty dollar range than forty dollars because I remember what I spent, and I know the price of the other two alcohols. Mm-hmm. So that math adds up for twenty five to thirty. Okay, yeah. So for the price point, I mean, if you're a college kid, you're fresh at twenty one. You don't can't afford something, you know. Do we have any college kid listeners? If you're a college kid listening, email us. Let us know. Give us some mail time. Mail time. I slipped another one in there on you. Oh, I'm pulling a sneaky. I'm pulling a guilt trip on everybody. <laughs> I, I hope I have, it's working. Email I have us. No shame. Please email us. I'll cry. <laughs> That's not very convincing. No, I I like my guilt trip better. Yeah, I like yours better too. All right. Well, Tyler, I've missed you. I've missed you too. Episode 30 is in the books. Heck yeah, it is. Glad you are back to mobile. Yes, me too. I am glad to be back. I do not plan on injuring myself any further. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either, but you know, appendicitis happened. Yeah, well. 2021 has been a hell of a year. It's been interesting. Um, I'm going to say that this is, you know what? Going in the books. From now on, we're not going to miss another weekend. We're going to be fucking good the rest of the time. That's a lot of pressure. But I'm going to do my damnedest to I believe in that. us. So. I believe. Well. On that note. Man, I don't want to stop the podcast. I've been having fun. <laughs> we'll sit here and chat for a little while longer. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what the podcast is, is me, you I mean, and me chatting. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll uh, we'll keep doing that while I get all this stuff uploaded and put online, and you guys will listen to it on your happy Monday. Yes, for sure. Or whatever day you choose to listen to us. For sure. Uh, send us an email, please. Contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Uh, check out our socials. Um, thank you us. always for yes. donating and, and the support. Thank you. We appreciate thank you. It. Thank you. Um, Please rate us and review us on whatever you are listening to our podcast on. That's going to help us climb the charts. It's going to make us more popular, which will help us in the long run. Um, I I know in my perfect world, ideally, this will be something that I could, I could make more than just a hobby. Um, and I would love that more than anything. So please rate us, review us. Um, I think 
I think the key to that is just consistency. Keep mm-hmm. keep at it. Mm-hmm. And keep trying new whiskeys. I think at some point, I will be honest, we're probably going to have to branch out from whiskey because there's only a limited amount that we can get here. Uh, but, you know, that's a long way off, and we'll see yeah. what happens then. Yeah. Until then, uh, I hope you guys enjoy what we're doing. Uh, we we do enjoy doing it for you. and We do. You know, the only limiting factor I see is just money, frankly, just because we do have to buy the, the whiskey, and it's not cheap sometimes. So Yep. Especially, especially the good stuff, yeah. as we found out. So to everybody that's donated whiskey, to everybody that's donated money, you know, money, yeah, yeah. PayPal, <laughs> Patreon, whatever, thank you guys so much. You deserve a round of applause. Thank you. And uh, one last thing is uh, if you want to know about anything, want us to research it, let us know. Yeah, if you uh, have a suggestion... It sounds like Megan's pretty wide open. She's got several topics, but I struggle picking a topic every year. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I struggle so hard picking topics sometimes um, because, uh, frankly, with this whiskey one, I had like three other ones lined up, and I started, and I was like, I can't make this into a full episode. It just wasn't going to be enough history or the event wasn't big enough or something like that, so... Send us an email with topic suggestions, things you want to learn about. So, 100%. We would love that. And I reckon on that note, we'll get out of here. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Don't drink a drive. Cheers. Yes, Uncle Sam, we will never do this because you're dumb.